Funding for Start the Beat is provided in part by our supporters on Patreon. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much for coming back. But for everyone out there who's new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer, soda, or some giant eagle water in the fridge. Cheers. So... Hope everyone's doing well out there today in the internet, whatever you're doing, whether you're working, doing the dishes, doing the laundry, whatever it is, I hope it's treating you well. I am sitting here today with uh, someone who I consider to be a friend and a a blue collar gentleman working hard, rocking and rolling here in the, the good old US of A. Everyone, please make some noise for my friend, John the Werewolf. So, for everyone that doesn't know who the heck you are, why don't you let the good old fine people of this planet Earth know what the fuck is good? Well, my name is John Bellin uh, from the band Gene the Werewolf. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much <laughs> <laughs> short, local, and at heart, you know, short and sweet. So, I think that you know. We may have touched on this before in the past, but let's get it out of the way now. Your name is not Gene. It is not Gene. Uh, Gene is the uh, the alter ego of John. Uh, so you can kind of see the similarities. You know, John, Gene. Um, Gene is the 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 son of a bitch, <laughs> uh, the the partier, uh, the rock and roll god, and uh, John Bellin is the guy that's the. Uh, the wishes he could be Gene, you know? All right. So we have a, a, a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde of uh, rock and roll here happening. That's it. <laughs> Except you turn into a werewolf, supposedly. Had you ever considered like a full-on werewolf costume, or is that just too much? Well, it's funny because when we first started, we were really down. When we first started as a band, we, we were extremely down to go every, like, follow every avenue and do the most extreme things possible. Um, but I think... As we started playing and playing more shows, uh, things kind of, it just got harder and harder to lug all that shit around. And um, we were just like, I think we're just going to be a normal rock and roll band at this point, you know? So uh, that was a consideration, but we quickly uh, got rid of the idea. Sure, sure. The, the, the gimmick, if you will, it's a hard shtick to to keep keep going and I, I commend any any bands that are still doing it although most of the popular ones are able to afford you know yeah. uh, they can get extra people to carry and lug all that shit around for them when they have sweet buses they're not you know trying to stuff all the shit in the back of their like toyota corollas or whatever the fuck <laughs> to get to the gig i'm amazed at like bands like kiss or something like that you know every 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 day on every single show uh, on their uh, one million farewell tour. Uh, they have to put that makeup on and all that gear, and it's just like, I don't. I seriously, I couldn't even imagine. We were complaining about putting on like white suits at a period of time in our life, and we were just like, yeah, this is this is just too much. <laughs> yeah. So for <laughs> anyone, the road crew, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think the road crew probably helps a shit ton. And also, like, when's the last time a band like Kiss was even in the studio? Do they still put out albums? 
I don't think so. <laughs> like <Yeah>. all, <laughs> like, I want to. I mean, for a band like Kiss, you're that famous. You could literally just tour nonstop, uh, playing songs that you wrote 30 years ago. It's like, why write new music? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They probably barely even have to rehearse. So literally, right. the only time they have to spend is just like you know putting yeah. on the makeup. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, if they're not even playing the backtracks at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if they were. Well, I think they are. I actually went to go see them when they came to um, PPG, and they they came down and they were singing. Uh, oh, what the hell did they open up with? It was uh, I can't remember what they opened up with, but Paul Stanley came off the riser. You know, they came down from the ceiling uh, on those big risers that you know lower to the ground, and uh, I think they forgot to silence Paul's Paul Stanley's real mic, and I think they forgot to turn on the the, the backing vocals. Because the first couple of notes out of his mouth were probably some of the worst notes I've ever heard in my life, and then I think someone was like, "Oh shit," you know, and then it, the, and then he was perfect. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> There's some serious auto tune going on there. Uh huh. That's so fucking funny. So for people that aren't familiar with Gene the Werewolf, you are a rock and roll group. You've been playing shows in the Pittsburgh area for what the better part of a decade, if not longer. How long has Gene the Werewolf been a band? We've been a band since uh, 2007. Okay, so more, longer. Yeah, we've been around for a long time. Um, and I, I, I don't know, we just, uh, we're just we just a band that started off trying to, you know, make it, quote unquote, make it. Um, but now, you know, as time progressed, we're just kind of really, really happy staying here in the Berg and um, making a name for ourselves here. Um, and we just want to keep on, you know, putting out new songs, uh, putting, out, putting out new music and just have fun uh for a bunch of old guys sure as long as we could make it sure if you don't mind i would actually like to talk about the that ceiling that i feel people like you and myself have hit whereas like you know most people i feel i could say like hey you know gene the werewolf and they know who the fuck you are a lot of people have seen you live and you have a decent following in the city but you know there's that thing where it's like there's a ceiling that happens as a creator that's like what the fuck is this? You know, like when do you think was like the first time maybe like you were starting to feel this sort of like, okay, we're trying to make this happen like full time opening up for kiss. This is what we want to do. And then all of a sudden it's just kind of like, fuck man. Like we've literally put everything that we can into this. And like, for whatever reason, it's not working. What was that Uh, like? Well, I think right from the very, very beginning, we all came, our our band kind of formed, I don't want to say by accident, but we kind of formed, um, in the sense that all of our old bands had kind of just died off and kind of not existed anymore. And we weren't ready to qu- we, at this point in our, you know, this, like I said, 2007 is 13 years ago, we were all um, in our early thirties, late twenties. And we were like, look, you know, there's no reason why we can't just continue going. Um, and I think at that point in our life, none of us, um, none of us were married. None of us had kids. Um, and we were just like um, really, really excited to start something new. And, I think anytime you start a new band, I'm sure you, you know what I'm talking about. You're just kind of like, let's just try to make it everything we could be. Um, and we had some great things happen for us. You know, we got to open up for a lot of cool, pe- a lot of our, a lot of people we opened up for that we listened to growing up that we never thought imaginable. Uh, we had a, uh, we had an album come out in Europe uh, on a, on a, an Italian label frontiers records. And they had the same people on their label, uh, like, um, like Def Leppard, White Snake. Uh, journey. So a lot of that was really, really cool, but it came to a point in time where 
I don't know, maybe say this like six years down the road, we were just like still in the same place, you know, you know, as for as many highs as you get, there's just as many, if not more lows. Uh, and there's a lot of rejection and things are just tough. And unfortunately for us, uh, it just got to the point where a lot of the guys, you know, were, were graduating college and they're like, man, you know, this isn't really, we're not, we're not really touring, you know, but I'm going to think I'm going to get a job. And then, you know, sooner or later you get married and then a couple of the guys now have kids and are married. And it just, um, it, it just kind of, I don't want to say it comes second because we're all like really, really a hundred percent into the band, but it just comes, you know, there's other priorities now. And I think we've all come to terms with that. And uh, so it's just, uh, it's something that we love to do. And now we look at it in the sense that we're like, Hey, we're in our um, early forties, late thirties now, and we still get the rock, you know, out in public and still get to do this. And we feel really grateful because of that. So we kind of look at it that way. Yeah. I think that it's, it's fun to watch you guys work because I mean, you put on a hell of a show and whenever it comes to releasing content you're always putting out really fun music videos and you do really fun like like good studio production like whenever you are contributing creatively to the landscape that is music it's always like a really worthwhile contribution so it's fun and it's just like it's like obnoxious to me though just personally like seeing like a band that i feel puts in so much and just like the return on investment is always like yeah dog shit like it's like so strange i just i don't know what it is is there just like too much art in the world is the light is world the world too crazy right now is it's just like a bad time to be doing anything that's not talking about like a virus or a president i don't know but you know, it's it's funny we've always been one of those bands that um take um when i say take things seriously as i, I mean as far as production is concerned we try to look um, professional, you know, we try to put out videos that we would watch. We try to write music that we would listen to. Um, we're not one of those bands that are kind of like, that are able to do the DIY recording and like, kind of like do the, you know, we'll, we'll record, um, we'll just go and record the song over at, uh, Drew's basement and then we'll put it out on a demo. And we've never been that, we don't even really play that kind of music to even do something like that. We're kind of like always been like a big, like, production kind of band and i think with that we've always kind of said you know this is our passion this is what we really really like to do and so let's just try to do it good you know yeah i think that there's a very like larger than life sort of aspect to gene the werewolf and the character that is air quote gene so to like you can't like cheapen it in order to like sell it appropriately it has to look like what the fuck is like you know very big and over the top so i'm like i'm always been curious about bands in that demographic of music because the kind of stuff that you do for you know a simple term would just be like this is like stadium rock and roll like this is built for like tens of thousands of motherfuckers to like drink and dance to that's the kind of stuff you do but like on an independent level how does a band start out like that because like like i guess you could play a bar and it'll work but it doesn't like you can't play like a small diy venue the way that like maybe like a punk or a metal band can like you need to always have some level of production but it's like harder to obtain when you're starting do you think that like the fact that all of you had already been in bands and had this experience prior to gene the werewolf starting like helped you out because you already kind of had connections yeah, I think it was that. But um, you know, when we when we first started out, we started playing those 
DIY venues and like the like this we actually we started up like playing with like bands that really did not sound like us and it was just it was just literally because we were friends with a lot of those bands um and there's been a couple uh, there've been a couple times when we first started where in the beginning we would open up for um like some like like pop punk bands or like punk bands or like and the people of the crowd would they, I wouldn't we never got booed or anything like that but I would think people would look at us and be like what is going on right now? Like they, they honestly didn't know how to take it. Um, the big thing that really, really pushed us forward a little bit was um, we, uh, we were releasing one of our albums. I think it was their second album. And we got to play the, uh, the morning show on DVE. And we played one of our songs uh, called I only want to rock and roll live on the air. And when we got done playing it, Randy Bauman, the DJ came down into the studio and was like, dude, that was fucking awesome. Like, what do you guys do? And we just, you know, we were like, we, you know, this is like back in 2011 and we were just like, Oh, you know, well, we're trying to do all we can, you know? And he's like, I'm going to get this song on the radio. And we're like, Oh yeah, that'd be great. You know? And we yeah. thought he maybe just like the local night, maybe like the Sunday night. And sure enough, it was probably like a, a couple, maybe like a week or two before Christmas, we got a call um, from the station, like from uh, the guy that runs things. And he's like, Hey, we're going to add your song into rotation. And that was just like the biggest, like gr- all of us growing up listening to DVE was just kind of like, oh my God, we're going to, what does that mean exactly? They're like, you're going to be in the mix sandwiched between the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, ACDC, Motley Crue, you know, and we were just like, all right, I'll believe it when I hear it. And sure enough, one night I was riding around in the car and my song came on the radio. And that really was what opened up a lot of doors for us. It was just kind of like, after that happened, we were opening up for like Ted Nugent, uh, we were opening up for um, Eddie Money. And, and so all these cool things happened just because the one morning we decided, hey, let's play our song on DBE at the morning show. So that was kind of like the separation where, where, where things started to pick up for us right there. Um, and then ever since, it's, they've just been great to us. It's been awesome. So. That That is super awesome. I think that yeah. there's so much, you know, about taking advantages of opportunities and like the kind of music that you guys do being so fun and accessible and relatable. I feel like, you know, there's so many cool opportunities that you could take yeah. advantage of. So that's like always the thing that kind of like rubs me the wrong way personally about a lot of the music that I do is like, I love everything that I do, but I wish it was more like palatable to sure. like a bigger audience just because we're not that like festival band we're not the band that play i mean we did play a set on we did uh live from 105.9 the x a couple years yeah. ago and that was cool but i still was like even surprised that happened like yeah, you sure. know it was like it was like one of those things where it's like we do not this is like a little bit much i think a little bit aggressive for the crowd it, yeah well that's <laughs> It's kind of the same thing like in our end where we'll we'll um we'll talk about you know headlining a show we'll like we're like all right well you know once everything clears uh let's let's put on a show we'll put about like two three or four bands on the show make it a nice and then we'll get to that point we're like well, who are we going to get to play because i mean literally it sounds so funny and i never even really thought about this until we actually experienced it but there's literally no rock and roll bands when i say rock and roll i mean like rock and roll like like um like you know, the ACDCs or the Van Halens. It's just like, it's not, there's, there's it was like, who do you pick? Because then you don't want the show to be a mix of like, I mean, it'd be awesome to have that with all your friends, but then like, it's kind of like, who do you get to open up for you when you play music like that? It, and it's, it, we've struggled looking for bands um, 
that that open for us and <laughs> it sucks you know what i mean yeah yeah it, it could be fans out there that sound like us want to open for us let us know <laughs> yeah i think that it's that like finding your spot in the community is kind of weird and i like have gone through this because like i always exist in this gray area where like oh like i'm too heavy for this crowd but not heavy enough for that crowd or maybe like it's the thing with you where it's like oh like you guys are a little too loud to play with these bands but you're not like hard enough to play with these bands it's like what the fuck yeah yeah but i think I'm sorry, good. I was going to say, but I think what's cool is that, like, you guys have been able to carve your own path and get to a point where, like, you know, you don't have to, like, grind and play all these, like, bullshit shows at, like, the Smiling Moose or wherever. Like, you can do something and headline a show, like, once every, you know, in Pittsburgh, like, once a year, twice a year, if you want, play the festivals and, like, you're fine. Like, you don't need to do anything outside of that. So it's not, like, a huge thing where, you know, some other bands, like, it's the idea of them, like, renting out like mr smalls to fill it is like impossible sure. it's never going to happen well believe it or not uh, i i know some of the guys in the band would disagree with me but some of those shows like playing like at the smiling moose or or playing like um bill's tavern or you know what i mean just like that kind of play. i love those shows i mean it's just the room of 50 person capacity and it reminds me of like where it all started and i think it's you know we've talked about um there's a there's a place i'm actually i live in bell vernon uh, which is probably about 40 miles from the city. And there's a bar in the neighboring town that um, always has local shows. And I'll go to the local shows and I'll watch my friends' bands play or I'll like, I'll go see them play. And I'm like, man, I, I would love to play a show here. And, you know, I think it would, I, I love that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I've grew up doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I would, you know, that's not, I, we never rule that out. Um, it's just that, um, you know, most of the guys now, um, you know, like I said, it's it's weird for us to, lug all of our equipment down to a show and you know you know our drummers married our guitar players married our other guitar players engaged and uh two of the guys have kids it's just like well if we're you know we kind of get a little bit get get to be a little bit more picky now because we have to prioritize other things in our lives as well you know Um, so they want to make it extremely worthwhile worthwhile well the other thing too and i've had this debate in conversation we won't call it a debate it's a conversation i've had this with people that i play in bands with where you know it's like well why are we playing this show like it's cool to go play a show down at say the smiling moose with like you know a hundred people that are cool but those people have already seen us play why are we lugging our gear around it's like i'd rather just let's just have a party or just invite everybody out that way we don't have to carry around a bunch of shit we can actually enjoy the company of these people it's like really most of the time what we want to do when we're playing shows is just see our friends i mean like there are opportunities to make new fans at some shows like if we're playing a millville music festival or if we're opening up for like xyz band at whatever you know and there's an opportunity there and that's cool but if it's just a show that's kind of like you know a masturbatory event of a bunch of local bands playing to their friends it's like leave the gear at home let's just hang out with our friends this is how we, i feel now we've yeah, we've gotten to the point in our in our or i shouldn't say career but in our uh, band's uh span where our, our friends our friends are sick and come out they're sick of coming out and watching us <laughs> they're yeah. just like dude i've seen you guys 50 times so now we know that when we play a show there's a lot of people there they are new people so <laughs> that's we kind of we kind of at least know that now but uh, no i know what you mean it's we've definitely um played shows before and it's like wow that was pretty awesome and then we're like well it's crazy because like a lot of the people there were 
people that would have came to see us, you know, regardless, you know. Uh-huh. I, I've but, always been uh, not surprised because I'm the same way, but I feel a kinship to you in your uh, unreasonable level of chill versus whatever the stage persona of you is. <laughs> have you always been that way? Or have you like, were you a wilder teenager and maybe mellowed out in your older years? No, man, I've, 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 um, I've always been kind of like a mild mannered. I, I, <laughs> in my immediate family, they'll tell you different. My mom, <laughs> my mom will always say, uh, uh, you know, Gemini's have split personality. I'm a Gemini. And she's like, are you sure as hell they have a split personality, you know, but, um, we played a show we when we were back in years ago we we were talking to a management company and we wanted a management company to well, manage us obviously and we flew this guy out to to watch us play a show we headlined at Diesel everything was going great you know there was we sold it out and you know we had a good lineup and we were getting ready to rock and people were there to watch us and um we played the show and you know after the show was over the guy told us yeah I mean, he goes I you know, we're going to, let's work together. And we were like, so thrilled. And he goes to me, he goes, I'll have to be honest with you. He goes, if I wouldn't have seen you play on stage, I probably wouldn't have wanted to work with your band. I'm like, well, why is that? He goes, because I saw you and I'm talking, he was talking to me backstage. He goes, you were just like this soft-spoken guy and like this nice guy. And he goes, I thought I came here to see some fucking asshole off the place you know he goes, yeah. and he's like what the hell did i get myself into and he goes when you got on stage he goes i didn't realize you were even the same person so it's just um i don't know i just get real comfortable on stage doing that and i think believe it or not the sunglasses help a lot because then i don't really have to look at anybody directly you know or people don't really see me directly in the eye so it's kind of like a little bit of a mask i guess but um yeah i don't know that's so funny. So how did the uh, whole like working with the management company thing pan out? Uh, they managed us. Uh, it was actually the same management company that managed Kid Rock. Wow. And we were ecstatic. We're like, yes, this is awesome. And this is right before our first album came out. So we had been working on our first album for a whole year. And we were going to release our album uh, in October. And this management company signed us on in January. So the whole year we were working on our album and right before our album came out, the guy that was managing us, super nice guy, you know, nothing bad to say about him. Uh, he, his company upstreamed him and he basically, well, I don't, I think maybe he went and he, he worked for a bigger management company. And when he, when he started working for a bigger management company, he was managing like slash um, and, and, and these rock gods. And then he was just kind of like, guys, I'm so sorry. He goes, I can't take you guys on anymore. He goes, my roster is full. I can't really work with anyone, you know, independent anymore. And he goes, it's just unfortunate the way it turned out. And we were like, well, that sucks, you know, but you know, it was, it was fine. You know, we did what we had to do. And um, so <laughs> right before our album came out, they dropped us, <laughs> but, and we all just laughed about it. We were just like, of course that happened, you know, but, um, but it was, it, it's a, Everything makes for a good story, and that's that's what matters, you know? Yeah. You know, how do you feel, I mean, over the past decade, mm -hmm. um, particularly the past half decade, you know, the music industry has really, really fucking changed a lot um, with promotions and marketing and social media and all this stuff, and we're not getting any younger, and, you know, day by day, I start to feel more and more disconnected from all of these things that people are using to promote their music. How do you feel about all this stuff? 
Uh, it's kind of crazy, and it's kind of ironic you brought that up, that lately, and I realize I'm probably about four years late on this subject, but I recently just started getting into Spotify, and I'm okay. so embarrassed to say that, because we'd be at our shows, and people would come up to us after our show and be like, hey, where can I find your music? And I would be the old guy that was like, you could download it on iTunes, <laughs> or you could, you know, and I, like, I thought that that was still a popular, you know, outlet. Uh, and our guitar player, Drew, came up to me one day. He's like, dude, you got to stop telling people to download our song on iTunes. He says, you sound like you're 60 years old. <laughs> I said, well, what what are they supposed to do? He goes, tell them to go to Spotify. So I I literally recently just started getting into Spotify and finding out how it works. And our, our last single, that our, our single we just put out a couple of weeks ago is like, that's right. I'm like, go to Spotify. And um, it's crazy. I mean, like, I mean, when I started playing in a band, we were making demo tapes that we would high speed dub on our parents' stereo. And, you know, you had to hurry up and dub 50 of them for your show that was coming up on Friday. And then you get rid of them. I'm like, well, shit, now I got to go out and buy fucking tapes again. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't even CDs. It was literally tapes. Um, So to go from that into like the, the way we are now, I mean, I guess it's just, that's the way it is. Things change. Um, I've always been one to say that the greatest thing in the world about the internet is you could literally record a song in your bedroom and give it to the whole world. But the worst thing in the world about the internet is you could literally record a song <laughs> in your bedroom and give it to the whole world. You know what I mean? So um, it's got its ups and downs and who knows, man? Yeah. The, the the one thing that I have, I haven't really said this too much out loud, but uh, I, I'm not necessarily like hiding my feelings on this, but I don't think that everybody should be able to get music on Spotify. I, I agree with you, man. I, I totally agree with you in the sense that um, it doesn't set anybody apart. Yeah. You know, if I look at a place like Spotify now, it's a digital marketplace. It's like a digital national record mart or whatever record store you want to name, FYE, whatever. And, you know, you walk into this store and you're kind of looking for, you know, something that has a cool cover and you expect anything that you buy at that store to at least have a certain level of quality. Yeah, And I'm not saying that like people don't have the right to release their music online, but like, I feel like there needs to be a thing. Like there was a time when anybody couldn't just get their music on Spotify. Same thing with iTunes, just much like it where there was a time when like, if you had your music on a CD, it like meant something like, Oh wow. They have shrink wrap CDs. And like, it just bums me out now because like a large portion of Spotify's demographic, it's just, it's just demos essentially what it is. Demos masked as full length albums or, you know, actual releases. And it's kind of a bummer because now when you tell people you have music on Spotify, it doesn't really like hold a status because it's like you worked your ass off to record the single or this album and get the album artwork together and get it up. So it's streaming. But like, like you said, Basically, the beauty is that anybody can do it, and the terrible thing is that anybody can do it. I don't know. No, I totally agree with you. I, it's 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 the same thing as like um um like touring. I guess I guess I guess it would make you know would be a comparison. Is when I was a teenager many years ago, if I would go to a local show and someone said, "Hey, this band that's playing here tonight is from Ohio," I'm like, "Whoa, that's crazy! That's awesome!" Uh, so like, you know, there was a time where like, if you were like a touring band, that meant you were serious. Like you were the real deal. Like these guys are out there touring. Um, this is, you know, before the internet and stuff like that, it was just, you were out there doing it and people thought of you as more than what you were because you were really out there doing it. And I I would imagine that's what labels used to think too, but now, and then, like I said, in no bad way, I think it's great that people go out and tour and I think music is the best thing in the world, but 
it's just it, the luster isn't there anymore because it's just like, well, everybody can do it now. You know what I mean? It's just like all you need is just, um, a, a, you know, you need the internet and just see, oh, uh, let's see. These guys went here, here, and here, and they played here and here and here. Let's call these people up. Like back in the day, you literally had to like, okay, let's get a, I don't, you, I don't even know how people did it back then. Like it was just like you had to know the spots from word of mouth and, um, it's just not special anymore. I don't think, I think it's, I think it's uh, one of those things that um, it's like, well, again, you got to find something else that sets you apart now. Yeah. It's, it's in some ways it's become a lot easier as a result of the technology and the access to information, but now everything's very bottlenecked. It's a lot harder to get a gig out of town on a random night because there's, you're one of 2000 bands. Everybody has access to these email accounts. Everybody has access to these phone numbers, address information. It's so, you know, it's really, really surprisingly hard to do stuff, but it, it, you know, the the idea seems simple, but it can be hard. But also, you know, that I think that wildly varies between different genres of music as well. Oh, sure, sure. And another thing that we've been, I, I, I've even been talking about lately is, um, you know, it sucks that Facebook is like the outlet because there's, I'm really hoping there's another site in the very, very near future where you could promote your band better than what Facebook does. Because when Facebook first came out and you started a band page, if people went to your band page and liked your band page, then they saw everything you posted, everything you posted uh, showed up in their newsfeed. You could send them each individual individual messages. And it was great because it was like, wow, these people are liking my band and they want to see what I have now. Facebook for some reason, and I don't even understand the logic behind it, but they came up with this boost post, which we're definitely guilty of using, but it's only because Facebook limits your audience of who sees your posts. Yeah. And it's, it kind of sucks because like all these people come to our page and they like our page. They actually go through the effort and press that like button because they want to see what Gene the werewolf is doing. But then you post something and something we posted something one time and it got like 50 likes. And I'm like, we have 5,000 followers on our page. Why are only 50 people saying this, you know? And, uh, and we had talked to a few people like, Hey, did you see our post the other day? And they're like, no, so Facebook wants you to use that boost button. Facebook wants you to use their ad campaigns and they want you to pay so people see your shit. But realistically, people have already come to your page and hit like so they could see your shit, but now you got to pay for Facebook to show it to them. It's, yeah. it's so weird, man. I, it's, that's one thing I hate about Facebook and it sucks. Mm-hmm. And then they have the nerve, <laughs> if I'm on this rant, then they have the nerve that when you pay to get something boosted, they have the nerve to say, well, if it doesn't follow our guidelines, we won't even boost it for you. You can't have any smoking. You can't have any swearing. You can't have any, uh, you know, whatever. And so then they put a filter on what they want you, that what you want to boost. And it's just such a, like, it's just such a gamble to, to even rely on Facebook to get fans anymore. I wish there was something else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have said this before, but I fully believe that like, if you have a, a page that has like under so like if you have a, a page that has under 100,000 likes, you shouldn't be treated to the same marketing shit that like a Coca-Cola or a Pepsi or a Nike is because it's the same shit. Yeah. And the thing that pisses me off is like, you know, 
obviously I don't work for Facebook, so I'm sure they're making a lot of money off these boosts. But I feel like what would be more worthwhile in the end? Getting that five, ten, twenty bucks from bands like us, you know, once a week, or just letting us build up to a point that we could actually afford to pay 500 bucks a week for marketing sure. because you've helped us build this fan base up, whether even if it's not a band, whether it's like a, a fucking bakery or someone's laundromat or someone's cafe, like whatever, like help build up these small businesses to a point that they can actually afford to give you some real fucking money instead of like, you know, choke holding that five, 10 bucks. But I'm sure they're making a lot of money off that five, 10 bucks. Oh, sure. Sure. And, and they know damn well that everybody's going to do it. You know, no one's, it's just going to happen. Like people are going to do it. And like I said, it sucks. We're guilty of it too. But like, you know, when we release a new song, like we just did, you know, we wanted people to see that we released a new song and, you know, we're like, you know, it's like, if we don't boost this post, then, I mean, it's, it's not, nobody's going to see it because Facebook's just not going to let people see it. Yeah. Well, dude, it, it's so weird because you can get into these rabbit holes of thinking that you understand how the algorithm works. Yeah, right. And, but also too, there's like a relatability that happens with like things where one time on gray Walker, we literally just posted a photo of a gray Walker, like an old man Walker. That was right. it. No text. No, yeah. no, no caption, just a yeah. picture of that. And it got like over 250 likes in like right. an hour. With yeah. nothing. It was just like, we just posted it. So yeah. for some reason, people saw that, but they yeah. didn't see the music videos that we posted. And it's like, well, what the, what the fuck yeah. let that pass through? How yeah. did... So it makes me... It's like, you think you have it figured out, but like I don't. I have no idea why that worked. I, I, I wish I knew the answer. I mean, we'll stay up the night. Like We'll say, okay, new song's going to come out on Friday. Let's make the post. And then like we were like literally like, well, okay, is this going to meet the guidelines? Is this going to boost? Is it going to post on time? And then sometimes they approve the boost in an hour. Sometimes they approve it in 24 hours. And it's yeah. just, it sucks. You never know what you're getting into. And like I said, Facebook has the, they, they have the ability, if, if they really, really wanted to, to make it so easy for any company, any brand to, to, to put their stuff out there. And they continue to put limits on it. And I understand that there's probably, they probably filter a lot of it because there's probably just a lot of, quote unquote crap. Not, I'm not just saying bands. I'm just saying like brands or anything like that, but um, man, they don't make it easy at all. And it's just, they make you really open up your wallet to just get out to a couple hundred people. And it's, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have no problem paying for promotion. If it, you know, if it's a legitimate promotion, I understand that like Facebook is a free service and while they have, you know, definitely bottlenecked my, out my outcomes i've definitely sold plenty of merchandise and gotten plenty of video views and shared you know i've used it to my advantage a free service you can't really complain too much but there is a fine line where it's like you know if i'm paying for a certain thing i kind of want to get that thing and if you like look into the numbers of what you get from the boosts it's always very like vague maybe i'm just not smart enough to understand these things um you know i actually had a phone call several phone calls with somebody that worked for facebook marketing trying to help promote the podcast about like a year or so ago and this lady was trying to 
this lady was trying to help me, uh, you know, talking about like what, how I should post things and what I should do on videos and how to create audiences and all this stuff. And I did it legitimately very, you know, I put a lot of money in, did it very steadily, you know, two, three times a week for like half a year. And at the end of it, all I had was numbers. Yeah, that was it. I I really didn't know if I had any new fans. I wasn't seeing any more comments. It wasn't like followers weren't really growing. It was just more views. It's like, I don't give a, it's like, this doesn't seem like real. Like, like how do I know there just isn't like some like, you know, robot at Facebook that's like cycling through links and adding up these clicks. Like, how do I know anybody's actually seeing this shit? Yeah, I know. I totally get it. You don't know. And that's the thing. And you can't call. I mean, I got an email from somebody uh, about a week ago because I ran some campaigns and they're like, you know, if, if you want to give us a call, we could give you a tutorial on how to, be-. and I'm just like, well, that's what I did. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, I guess, I don't know. How did that go? Is it worthwhile or what? <laughs> I mean, I, I, apparently you said it wasn't, but it was interesting. I, I, I think it was interesting talking to that person. It was interesting seeing, having somebody walk you through, all of the nitty gritty of how like the ads manager works on Facebook. But in the long run, it just didn't, I don't know. It didn't really pan out. And you know, is that a result of Facebook or is that a result of my content just not being that good or that interesting to a different demographic of people? I am doing a rather niche thing here, you know, like talking to underground artists, most of them who are Pittsburgh based, not always, but most, and the fact that, you know, an episode might even get like a couple thousand views is kind of remarkable because when's the last time any of us had that many people at a show? Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent. But, you know, it can be uh, disheartening sometimes if you're like, you know, uh, looking at like a like a Joe Rogan or somebody show that gets like, you know, a million views in a day. And you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, I, I know I'm not on that level, but like, wow, the numbers are wildly different here and like when i was looking into like sponsorships you know so many sponsorships and people that are like you know like legitimate like will like fund your goddamn show like real sponsors they're not even going to like look at your podcast if it's getting less than twenty thousand downloads a week and i'm like jesus christ i'm lucky if i get that in a month right it's like man and i try i try you know but it's like you know what am i gonna do just you know turn my podcast into a sports show like yeah. I, I don't want to change what I'm doing because I, I think that's what makes the show cool. Right, right. But there's <laughs> I, this acceptance of just like, well, this is what it is. I don't think that, you know, there are, unfortunately, I if, I, I know God, <laughs> if there were like hundreds of thousands of people in the Pittsburgh area that were interested in local music, I wouldn't have to do this show to begin with. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> so. It works. It's yeah. Like a- it's going to come to our shows regardless. We wouldn't do anything, you know? Exactly. Um, but unfortunately, there's just a lot of twists and turns and trial and error. And, but that's what makes it, I guess that's what makes it fun, right? That's why we keep doing it. <laughs> well, I think that it is fun. I think that it's just super easy to uh, put yourself in the wrong mind frame and to like take what you have for granted. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I did that for a very long time. I didn't appreciate the fact that like, you know, there was 50 people in a room to see me play. I wanted it to be 500. Oh yeah. And you know, I wish that I would have appreciated that a little bit more in the past because, you know, you know, maybe I could have rubbed some people the wrong way. I could have acted like a turd. I could have done this or that. Whereas, you know, if I just would have appreciated it, maybe it would have built quicker. Yeah. 
I always I always joke around and say that <laughs> bands and music are it's, it's it's like having a real shitty ex girlfriend where they it just treats you like shit. And you're like I'm done. I'm I'm finished with this. And then an opportunity comes. Up, you want to do this show? And you're like, guess so. <laughs> you know, it's like it's just you can't you just can't quit. And no matter how time how many times it's gotten all of us down, it's um, you know, it's just worth the aggravation, I guess, for me. Yeah. But, uh, I think it's fun. To, it's fun to bitch about, you know, for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's like, we have to do something. Yeah. We're, we're here and, yeah. you know, I don't fault anybody for however they want to spend their time. But if you got, you know, if you have rock and roll in your DNA, you got to be on a stage. That's really all there is to it. That's the, this year is killing me, man. I, I, I want to play so bad. We, we played one show this year and that was back in June and it was a socially distanced show that at a drive-in. And it was cool, but it was fun to get out and play again. And it was, it was great, great turnout. Uh, and then we're like, well, this kind of sucks. This might be the only time we play this year. And sure enough, it, it, it really was. Um, and the other guys in the band, I haven't even really seen them um, just like sporadically. You know what I mean? We've had these Zoom calls. and um, But yeah, it's, it'll be fun. To, uh, hopefully this year coming up will be a little bit different and we'll be able to get out and play again and all will be back to normal again. Then we could bitch about everything else again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm really curious to see what the landscape is like whenever things come back. I really have no idea what it's going to be like. You know, like how 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 weird are clubs going to be? Are, are clubs going to start taking care of their microphones? Are people going to come out to shows? You know, are we going to have to like you know charge more for shows? Is it going to be more expensive to drink at the bar? Is it going to be cheaper to drink at the bar? Are people even going to want to come out? You know, where are we even going to play? Is there going to be a place for us to play? And yeah, there's right. going to be like you know a million fucking bands trying to play at the same place is going to be harder to get shows. Yeah. Are you going to look like an asshole if you're playing shows, even if it's okay? Like so many questions. Yeah, man, I, I it's, it's, it's going to be strange, but I imagine the first couple shows around Pittsburgh and no matter where they are, I, I would imagine they're going to be jam packed if, if they can be. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's, it's so weird to think that like um, with everything that's going on, especially like right now in present day is just, it's hard to imagine a venue packed full of people um, with no restrictions. And it's just like, how long will that actually take the, you know, we're not getting any younger, you know what I mean? And um, it's, it's, it's nerve wracking, but in the meantime, I mean, we're just going to keep on writing more music and putting it out hopefully. And um, so that'll be our, that'll, that'll give us an excuse to kind of write more music, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, a lot of me has, I, I miss not playing shows, but I have also enjoyed the time to focus on other things, yeah, which has yeah. been cool. There's like this weird thing, I think, where, you know, when you're an independent musician that's also has a full time job and this and that in your life, like you really don't ever actually get to take that break from music or put a lot of time into just focusing on it because like you're always like stressed about the next thing, like, yeah. you know, and with not having to play shows or not even being able to, it's been a lot like a little weight off my shoulders personally, just because it's like, well, I have a weekend where I can actually do things around the house where I could just work on recordings or do whatever, which is cool. Yeah. I, it's stuff I, like, yeah, like you said, it, it's, um, when you're when you're in and, and you're you're in the band and you're completely active, you always feel like you're doing so many things for the band. 
Um, and it, you don't have time to do it. But like you said, it is cool to do other things like, you know, just uh, go out, maybe go to a, a couple bars or something like that. But in the long run, it's just you miss you, you kind of miss doing what um, what it is that drives you crazy, too. You know, it's just. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I, all I know is I really want to get back out there and play and hopefully that's sooner than later. Agreed. Agreed. So we had mentioned before we were talking about Spotify and you had a new song that was out on Spotify and you have a new video that's available on that YouTube. If you've heard of the YouTube. Uh, (laughs) So why don't we uh, talk just a bit about that real quick. Let the people know about this, this, this ding dong song you got going on. We got, uh, we got a new song out. It's called I should have known better. Uh, it was very, very unique in the fact that, uh, we recorded the song and wrote the song, um, basically exactly how we're, me and you were talking right now. We, we had zoom, uh, interview or interviews. We had zoom conference calls. Uh, we, so when we were writing the song, we, uh, we made sure we had conferences with our producer, Sean, Sean McDonald, uh, from Pittsburgh. And, uh, we all wrote the song collectively, over zoom meetings. None of us really got together. It was, it was real weird. And we'd, we'd get together like on a certain night and, um, you know, we, we make changes, add things. And then when we recorded the song, uh, we actually recorded it, uh, in the room I'm in right now, which is at my house. Um, it's just my little home studio. We actually, I shouldn't say recorded it. We tracked the song here, uh, except for the drums that we retracted with Sean McDonald up at uh, his studio. Um, and then we went back to his studio to do the vocals, but all the guitars, keys, bass, and everything was done just right here. It's the first time we've ever done that. And I can remember saying to him, is this going to, I mean, sonically, is it going to sound okay? Cause we don't like, I just got done telling you that we don't really do anything's DUI mm-hmm. or DIY. DIY. <laughs> uh, but here we are, you know, we're going to, we're going to send all these things to you. Is it going to like, trust me, it'll, it'll be fine. So, he really busted his ass to make it sound good. Um, so the song is out now um, on Spotify. <laughs> and uh, we, we actually, in the meantime, did a video and recorded it with our, our buddy, Chris Sikra. Um, and he made a really cool video for us. Um, and it was, like I said, it was very strange because like in between takes, um, you know, of the video, we all had to put our masks on and, you know, just, everyone that was working on the video, it was a very, very frustrating time to do all this. And it was cool that we got to do it, uh, you know, it, but I don't know if I'd want to do it this way again. It was very, very grueling and um, frustrating and something, you know, you don't realize, you don't appreciate how, how easy it is when you're all in the same room together and you could just be writing the song and recording it, but it wasn't like that. Uh, but it came out. Um, it just recently got picked up on the X for one of their, uh, the hometown for the holiday bands that they do every year. Um, and we'll be on in rotation, uh, on the X for the month of December. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's videos been getting uh, pretty good views and Spotify's our Spotify plays have been boosting because of it. So yeah, it's, uh, we're happy. We're, we're pretty happy about it. That's awesome. So, you know, now at this point you're still just working on stuff doing zoom calls who the fuck knows what's gonna happen when it's gonna happen oh yeah you know it's it's kind of been the same for me but not quite because luckily we had already had uh some stuff done so just focusing a lot on like recording and i record 
pretty much everything in this room yeah. as well. So uh, we're releasing an album next month. That'll be fun. That's with uh, with normal creatures. Greywalker just recorded last weekend too, but we we like basically did it all in shifts. Like it's like everybody doesn't have to be in the room at the same time. Right, so right, we just right. kind of like just traded off duty on yeah. that, which was cool. So that'll be fun. I don't know when the fuck that's coming out. It still has to get mixed and stuff. But so that's yeah. pretty much it. You know, we've we've filmed a couple videos. We've done stuff that we could with like the smallest skeleton crews we could possibly find. But uh, yeah, it's getting to a point now where like it's kind of lost. It's like uh, it's lost. It's it's spunk. There was a, a time where it was like, yeah, we could still do stuff. We'll make yeah. it work. Yeah, and yeah. now I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, uh, I'm not excited about this anymore. Did you do any like live streaming shows or performances or anything like that? Um, not, not with the band. Uh, I was, I did one with uh, Chad Tyson from DVE. He was doing this right. Like back in March, he was doing these, this little series. It was called staying, staying home and at, <laughs> and he would have live uh, streams. Uh, from the website or from their Facebook page. And I did one of those. Um, but in the meantime, what I did is one of my, one of my guilty pleasures is also singing karaoke. I love to sing karaoke. And uh, so I, what I actually did was I actually uh, videoed myself doing a couple karaoke songs just for the joy of having people, something give something for, for people to watch. Um, and so I did that. And, uh, but as far as live streaming concerts or, you know, <laughs> We haven't really done any of that. We, we, it's we're, we're not a not a very good acoustic band. We're just like it's either we bring the rock or it's nothing at all. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really funny that you did the karaoke videos. I didn't really see anybody doing that. I feel like you could have really capitalized on that. Yeah, I, I should have put out a few more. I did one. Uh, I don't know if you ever see the movie Rockstar with Paul yeah, Paul. yeah. Did that song uh, we all die young. Okay. You know, I did. Yeah, I did a video of me doing that, and uh, it got like a lot of people like, dude. dude it's fucking awesome. I made a caption. I said, I hope I did it better than Marky Mark. <laughs> you know, it's not really Marky Mark singing that song, right? I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, I love to do that. It's, um, it's a nice little escape from reality. Mm -hmm. So with, you know, everything being said, everything being done here, you know, what are you doing to keep your self occupied these days outside of the band and outside of thinking about, you know, the end of the world. What uh, does John do when he's not a werewolf is my question. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying um, lots of Miller light with my buddies. <laughs> we, my, my friends that I know don't have coronavirus. Sure. Um, we'll, uh, we'll come over here and uh, we'll just have a few beers. And, you know, obviously I spend time with my family and, uh, um, you know, don't really get to go out and do anything as far as like uh, restaurants or go out and dating, uh, dating girls or anything like that. But, um, but some of the times, you know, just, uh, you know, we, we did the, we did a couple of those things. Uh, the, the, that, are you familiar with that house party app? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay, we did a couple of those and they were fun, but uh, <laughs> other than that, man, it's been a pretty boring year. Yeah. What about you? What do you do? Uh, a lot. I don't know, man. You know, I, I recorded three albums. Yeah, I have the yeah. pod, the podcast. Uh, you know, still going to work, still hanging out. Uh, you know, with some people. I see like the people in the band. That's about it. You know. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty much. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, we went out to eat like a couple times. It's been like, it's a little bit easier. I probably hear because like I live like five minutes from the stadium. So we're like in the middle of everything. So like there was like a couple weeks where it was like, Oh, I guess it's like, okay to kind of go out again. So we're like kind of going out. Then everybody's like, stop it. And they're like, okay, fine. Right. Right. You know, it was kind of like that. I, uh, I'm a member to an old man's club around here. And, uh, we always joke around because it's like it's called the East Belvernon Athletic Club. We're we're actually we we actually filmed our video there. Okay. So we go there and they've kind of uh uh in the summertime when things calm down, you know, we were we were going there, but they had the tables like distanced apart. So uh but you know, now it's just things are getting bad again and it's just well um I don't know. We'll we'll see we'll see what happens, you know, with the holidays. Uh, this Thanksgiving was the absolute weirdest Thanksgiving I've ever had. Uh, it was just me, my mom, and my dad. <laughs> Usually, our Thanksgivings are a lot bigger than that. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's it's a weird time. But you know, uh, I keep it in my mind that it'll get better. Whatever, no big deal. Absolutely. So you know, before we wrap everything up here, before we the trains round in the station, <laughs> where can people? find out more about gene the werewolf do you guys have a website on the internet we do uh on it uh, is it www.genethewerewolf.com <laughs> uh you can go there and obviously we're on all the social media sites you know facebook um instagram twitter do you uh, do you handle <laughs> do you handle all that stuff or do you have somebody is one of the other guys handle all that stuff uh me and drew do mostly the other guys are kind of just like they're just like, oh, cool. We have Twitter, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, it's it's usually me or Drew. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, and it's, there's not very many bands out there called Gene the Werewolf. So I'm sure if you type in Gene the Werewolf, it's it's easy to find. Um, but yeah, man, uh, uh, and YouTube too. Our videos on YouTube. Uh, so yeah, all the all, all the socials, and uh, we do have the dot com, and that's that's it. Groovy. Well, with all that being said. I'm going to do my outro and then I'm going to let you get going on your evening because yeah. we, we have done the thing. We have, we have chitted the chats. We've talked the talks. We've kept everyone's attention for an hour. And I think that that's, that's plenty enough. I hope everyone out there listening enjoys the rest of their day. I hope they have a productive afternoon or evening or morning. And Hey, all the luck from me and John to you. Right. Right. Well, with that being said, that is all folks thanks so much for being here one more time john gene the werewolf the yin and yang the dr jekyll and mr hyde thanks for being here i'll be back again in a couple days with another episode same time same place same channel you know the drill my name is sykes start the beat 2020 woo, woo. thanks for listening and we're done that's a podcast we made it happen my friend <laughs>